Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. everyone. Welcome. I'm Jamie Gaddy, homeschool mom of six and editor over at homeschool.com. I'm here to welcome you to our homeschooling and loving it podcast, where we chat about homeschooling, parenting, and everything in between. Over the last few months, we've been interviewing experts, homeschool parents, and others that can help us Uh, understand certain aspects of homeschooling and help us on this homeschooling journey. And so I invite you to listen in with us over these weeks. Our podcast does air every other week. So we hope that you can tune in and uh, learn some things and get some good advice and tips. But before we get started, I want to introduce today our guest who is Dwayne Thomas from Compass Learning. And uh, actually, I said that wrong. It's Compass Classroom, isn't it? Right. Yes. So thank you, Dwayne, for joining us. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. Thanks for the call. Happy to do it. Great, great. And let me just say a few things about Dwayne before we jump in today. Dwayne Thomas has been studying languages for over 30 years and is the teacher of several amazing courses. He has a website and a tip of the week newsletter on language learning. But the topic of interest that we really wanted to pick Dwayne's mind about today was Latin. And I know a lot of us as homeschool parents are uh, brainstorming what we're gonna do in the fall, what we're gonna teach, what our kids need. And so I've had a lot of questions about Latin learning and you know, how do we do it? Is it important? Is it essential? And so I've asked Dwayne to join us today and kind of give us the scoop on all those aspects and help us answer some of those questions. So uh, Dwayne, um, let's go ahead and get started with the big one. What is, why would we wanna teach Latin to our homeschool students? Um, What are the benefits of teaching Latin? Can you help us with that? I can. And I may surprise you. So I am a Latin teacher, but I tell my students and anybody who asks me this question to proceed with extreme caution. And the reason is the, I don't want to get too bogged down in the weeds, but Latin was the language of the Roman empire, as you know, and then it became the language of medieval Europe and then during the Renaissance, Latin, the, the, the study of Latin, I would say, was Dorothy Sayers says in one of her essays that the Renaissance scholars loved Latin to death. They hugged it too tightly. And you see that in a lot of Latin curricula that is out there. There's just two. The focus is very strong on all the minute grammatical details, and you can get lost in that. And if you get stuck in that, and that's pretty common post-Renaissance, then you're going to end up spending four, five, six, even 10 years studying Latin. And that is a massive opportunity cost 
So I would warn anybody jumping into Latin to beware of a curriculum that takes six years or seven years. I grew up in Europe. I was born in England and my parents were either in the military or missionaries to the military for two decades. And so I spent most of my time over there and I played with kids who spoke five languages. It was not uncommon. We lived in in the Netherlands for four years. My sister went to Dutch school. She spoke, she was fluent in Dutch. All of our friends spoke multiple languages. And so growing up, I thought, how are they doing this? How are they speaking multiple languages? I want to be a part of that. I want to join that game, which is why I started studying languages when I was young. And then, so I learned German, and I'm going to get back to Latin in a minute. I learned German, and I tinkered around with some other languages. But in uh, about a month before I graduated from college, I just I went to a conference with my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. And one of the speakers was talking about Latin, and I became really intrigued. I was about 23 years old, and I decided I was going to teach myself Latin because I had I had a month left to finish college and it was, you know, time was up for studying it formally. So I began a process of teaching myself Latin and it, because of the books I used, it took me a long time. And I think the process could have been a whole lot faster. So my, my big warning is if you're going to spend, if you're going to study Latin, be careful because you may miss the opportunity to learn French really well or Spanish really well or Italian or some other language if you're dedicating all of your time to that. Mm-hmm. I think I got too wordy there, so I'm going to give you a chance to kind of process that. Yeah, that no, makes that, sense. it does. That makes a lot of sense. I guess the one question I still have is, um, besides just wanting to learn Latin, what would the benefits of including Latin, say, for example, in our homeschool um, you know, high school program, or even, I know there are a lot of people that teach Latin even to grade school students. Um, what are the benefits of doing that? Okay. So with the warnings out of the way, yes. <laughs> here's why I still, here's why I still teach Latin and I still love Latin. Um, Latin. So the Roman empire took over pretty much all of Northern Europe, as everyone knows, a lot of, a big chunk of North Africa and a good chunk of the Middle East. Where they went, left their laws, they left their uh, architecture, they left their roads, a lot of it you can still go see today, and they left their language. 25% of the language, no, 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 50% of the languages in Europe derived directly from Latin. So that's 25 languages. So the big ones we know, Italian, French, Spanish, Portuguese, and Romanian. There's also dozens of other minor languages that are heavily influenced or come directly from Latin because of the conquest, because the Romans took that part of the world and held it for, I don't know, a thousand years. I do know, but I'm not going to get bogged down in the details. <laughs> yeah. After the empire collapsed, Latin didn't go away. The Latin ceased to be a spoken language around 1800, roughly. No one knows exactly when. But those languages or Latin became the modern languages of Europe, except for the places, except in the locations where Rome didn't conquer. So they basically made it to the Rhine River. They basically made it to Germany. On the other side, you have the Germanic languages. Interestingly enough, Rome and the Anglo-Saxons, who they're just a group of Germans, invaded England at different times. 
And when you mix Latin together and German together, and then you throw in French from the 1066 conquest of England, you get what's coming out of our mouths. So half the words we're speaking are Latin, half the words we're speaking are German. That's our language. If we're using multisyllable words or large words, 90% of the words we're speaking to each other are Latin derived. So you're kind of going back to the headwaters of English if you study Latin, and I would say German as well. And if you know those two languages, you have sort of a backdoor insight into the English language that maybe a lot of people wouldn't have if they didn't study those, the backwaters of English. Okay, so essentially studying Latin helps give us a foundation for our own language today. It does. And, and I would say you can do it without Latin. So there are some people that say, you know, you have to study Latin to know English. Eh, maybe you can do it without it. You can just study roots, you know, yeah, that's you, what just, I'm thinking. you don't have to study the language. And so I think there needs to be a distinction made there because some people get excited about studying Latin so that they can learn roots of English words. And that's fine. It works. Yeah. But if roots is what you're after, then just go study the roots. Save yourself time. Learn French. <laughs> yeah. In my, in my own life, I went to a Christian school. We, we use the Abeka curriculum. And they okay. do study the prefixes, the roots, all of that good stuff. But we never actually had a Latin study. Sure. Um, so I, but I feel like I know a lot of those roots because of that, you know, pretty intense, heavy duty study that I had in my own, you know, upbringing. Um, so early on in my, in the raising of my six children, <laughs> I thought I was going to be, you know, A plus triple star homeschool mom and throw in Latin, we all? <laughs> throw in Latin in grade school. And, um, I think I just kind of ruined it for my kids because it was a pretty intense program and, and all those warnings that you gave up front. Yeah, that would have been good to know about 10 years ago. <laughs> so you, you don't, people don't tell you that even today, yeah. people don't tell you that I I've ticked off a lot of people by saying that like, go, sure. learn, go learn French first. Here's the thing. Look, I'm, I can speak. Um, I can read in French. It, Oh, we'll get back to that. Let me let me try to focus here. Let me. <laughs> my mind is all over the place. So let me let me stick with what I was going to say. Uh, go learn French or Spanish first. And by the way, those languages I would call them dialects of Latin. Mm -hmm. Right? The Romans came in and took over those countries. They exterminated the old languages. Latin was basically the Walmart of languages. It pushed the other languages out. And when you hear some. Portuguese, Spanish, Romanian today, those are dialects of Latin. So here's, here's what I tell my students. If you want to learn, so some people will come to me and say, I want to learn Latin so that someday I can learn French and Spanish. Well, I've done that. Do it the other way. Learn Spanish, learn French. And then if you want to learn later, Latin's actually going to be easier because you speak Spanish. If you never get to Latin, you still speak Spanish, right? You can fly to Mexico City and talk to people. You can fly to Seville uh, uh, or uh, Spain and talk to people. But 
if you learn, if you spend all of your time learning Latin, you, there's nowhere to go. I was in Rome a couple of years ago and the tour guide I was with spoke French, Spanish, and Italian. And I can read all those languages, but I can't speak them very well. And I was fluent in Latin. Well, he was just all over the city rattling off in Italian. And then we were in Paris and he was rattling off in French. It was, and I just looked at him and I was like, why in the world did I do it backwards? Because we were going to sites in Rome and I could read what was on the rocks. But you know what? Nobody cared. I was the only one that could. I was the only one interested because I was the only one that could read it. So I tell my students all the time, flip it. Don't. Uh, you, you alluded to this earlier. You said that some people start Latin in elementary, in the elementary age, uh, elementary years. Don't do that. Dedicate your time to French or Spanish or Romanian or Portuguese or Italian or something like that. Because it takes a while to learn a language. Once you're done learning Spanish, you can then go on to learn Latin. My best students have always been Hispanic students. And I taught in an inner city school for a decade or a ministry to the, to the poor, really, for a decade. So th- most of the kids were either African-American or Hispanic. And the Hispanic kids, it was like I wasn't even, I still had to teach them. I had to teach them the grammar, but I didn't have to bother with pronunciation. They knew half the words. It was crazy how fast wow. they blocked up because they already knew Spanish. That makes absolute sense. And I appreciate it. So you've answered several of my questions in, in that conversation uh, because my next, well, one of my questions was when should we teach it? What is the best way? How? Um, so it sounds to me like you're suggesting learn other languages first, live languages, <laughs> and then later on um, Latin. So that in my mind is kind of maybe high school. Is that what you're suggesting? Latin for high school? I would do that. High school, maybe middle school. I really emphasize, get another language in there first. I didn't start Latin until I was 23 years old. Yeah. I started Greek when I was 35. I don't remember when I started learning Spanish. I started learning French intensely about three months ago. Well, no, about a year ago, I guess. And I'm constantly, I have a long list of languages I'm, gonna, I'm planning to get through. So I'm constantly learning a new language. So people, you know, people say, well, I missed my chance. I didn't take Spanish in high school. You didn't miss your chance. You know, just it's, it's a daily thing. Just get up and study 30 minutes a day, start reading, start listening to something, you know, read a couple of grammar books. So you get your your head around what's going on grammatically. Just make it part of your daily routine. It, It doesn't matter if you missed it in high school. I do agree that when you're a kid, you have more disposable time to dedicate to that than when you're a mom or when you're a dad. But you can find the time. We, we find the time to watch our shows, right? You can find the time. So anyway, I would say, yeah, with your elementary kids, find a tutor in your town, find someone who speaks Spanish, let them watch shows, uh, cartoons in Spanish, let them listen to, or, you know, start listening to podcasts, whatever, do whatever you can. And I, I suggest this kind of stuff on my site all the time to get that one language in their head and then when they're done with that, start teaching them Latin, uh, you know, if you want to, or if they want to, if they get to it, fine. If they don't get to it, it's not the end of the world. The, here's the, here's the dark side of Latin that nobody talks about. Everybody says things like when you learn Latin, it, you're going to be able to read the 
you know, the original documents, you're going to be able to, and it's going to be more beautiful in Latin. That argument at the risk of offending everyone is one of the most bizarre arguments I've ever heard. You've got translators like C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien and, and, and other guys in the past who have had these classical educations who are brilliant translators who've already translated all of these books into English. So that the sad thing about Latin is you spend all your time on it. You're all dressed up. You get done and you find out that everything you want to read has already been translated anyway by really skilled translators. So, you know, that part I just don't really get. And I've read this stuff in the original and sure. Okay. I can read it, but it's, I don't, it says the same thing in English. There are nuances. Yes. But yeah. I don't, that argument doesn't fly with me. So I would really emphasize learning a spoken language when you're young. And then uh, that really clears the path to, for learning Latin a little bit later. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And I appreciate that. I know I just gave up after that whole grammar school attempt at Latin and the fiasco that it was. So (laughs) we've worked on things, you know, like the roots, the prefixes and things like that. So it's kind of touching on it, but it's, we've not done an official Latin study, um, which kind of brings me to what you're doing with Compass Classroom and the visual Latin. So mm-hmm. kind of seems like, well, at least what I've, I've not actually um, tried the course itself, but I've read about it. And it seems mm-hmm. like you have a different approach to it Um, obviously you've got all these wonderful reviews and comments from like we were talking about earlier from even teenagers which is like the toughest crowd Um, they're saying they love it and that you know that you're funny and they enjoy it that it's not just you know a course so can you sort of explain the um, the process that you take in teaching Latin through visual Latin? Sure I can tell you exactly what's going on there Uh, visual Latin (laughs) was born out of two major frustrations in my life. One was I got excited about Latin when I was young and I did exactly to my kids what you did to your kids. I tried to teach them Latin and I used a whole bunch of different books and I I didn't have the tools I have now. And to be honest, I wasted their time and my kids graduated with not a whole lot of Latin and not not a foreign language either. So that was frustrating. In fact, I had, that's not entirely true. One of my daughter's my middle daughter at 15 said, you know what, enough of this. And she basically rebelled. And her rebellion was she taught herself French. Well, when we were in Paris uh, not long ago, uh, long before COVID, I should say, I, I was struggling to rent a car. And she walked up beside me and rented the car for me because she had taught herself French. And I was like, okay, that's what I should have been focusing my time on. So that was one frustration. I did with my kids what you did with your kids. And they got a little bit of both and not much of either, if that makes sense. They didn't, they weren't fluent in either, which I really would have loved for them. And of course, there's still time. Uh, I'm living proof that you can teach yourself languages later in life. So that was frustration number one. Frustration number two was I was reading Surprised by Joy by C.S. Lewis. And he, I think it's Surprised by Joy. It's his autobiographical book. He's talking about his education And how he learned Latin and Greek. And he said that when he was in school, same thing you said, same thing I'm saying, that they spent all their time on grammar and they, quote, never got within sight of a Roman author. In other words, they weren't reading books either. They were just 
it was a, it was an undercover grammar class is what it was uh, and a lot of latin classes are and that's fine uh, i was teaching at that school for the the poorer kids uh, the underprivileged kids they needed the grammar and so i used it as an undercover grammar class and they actually learned a lot of latin but also were able to master english grammar so that's fine it's not a bad thing but lewis was frustrated because they weren't reading anything and then he went and his greek teacher the day he met his greek teacher his greek teacher just stuck a greek book in his hand and said start reading and then kind of yelled at him for his pronunciation which just blows me away not sure that's the right approach either but i do know from experience that's probably a better approach so lewis says somewhere else in the in his writings and i think it's in surprise by joy that all latin grammar can be learned in two years when I read that, this is my second frustration, I was, when I read that, it kind of hit me because I had been spending years on all these Latin books, and I think I've read them all, and I've seen courses drag it out for seven years, and I was like, why seven years? Lewis says it can be done in two years. You know, after that, you still have words to learn, you still have books to read, but the grammar's done. So I thought, if there's a way to learn it in two years, then why don't we teach it in two years? And about the same time, I discovered a book out of Europe by a guy named Hans Orberg called Lingua Latina, which I rave about on my site. And it's, it's one volume. It teaches you about 2,000 words in Latin, which is what you need to be able to have a conversation. You need two or 3,000 words to be able to have a conversation in another language. Uh, and it's just one, but it's one volume, and it teaches all of Latin grammar. So... I actually, we contacted the publisher and said, can we make a video series for Lingua Latina? And back then it's a different publisher now, but back then the publisher said no. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, that's what we wanted to do. That's kind of what we wanted visual Latin to be. So I thought, well, what if I just take this? I mean, it's the same grammar in every book. It doesn't matter. Jenny's Latin, Wheelock's Latin, visual Latin, Lingua Latina. It's all the same grammar. So I said, I thought, what if I just take the model of Lingua Latina and break it down to a two-year Latin course. So what makes Visual Latin unique is that, first of all, I spent 10, well, I spent 20 years teaching kids in the classroom from from elementary to college. And my focus generally was middle school. And 10 years of that were with these inner city kids. And so there I learned... I could boil these concepts down to the basics and present them in an entertaining, if possible, funny way and and get through a lot of difficult grammar without getting bogged down in the jargon, which is what so many books do. And so I brought those skills, the skills from the inner city school, the skills from lingua Latina, from other languages I'd studied. We boiled it all down and put it into 60 uh, lessons so that with visual Latin, you can go from knowing no Latin to reading the New Testament by the end of the course in two years. 60 lessons, I mean, you could go faster if you wanted to mm-hmm. because it's videos. You can do it however fast you want. But the idea was 30, some, 30 lessons per semester or 30 lessons per academic school year. Right. That may have been too wordy. No, no, that was good. And I, I had actually, when I went on um, the Compass Classroom website, I noticed that, that there was, is, is it labeled Visual Latin Level 1? And then, one level okay, yeah. So I was wondering how that fit into actual years 
and course of study. So. so yeah, it's two years. L Lewis said you can do it in two years, and I kind of I sort of planted my flag in that I'm not going to deviate from it. Yeah. You know, we're not going to make this a four year video course. Let's make this two years. The producer and I hashed it all out and took us a while to write it and and, and make sure everything fit. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm sure you know that's probably half of why teenagers like the course. <laughs> it's not spread out over four years. It doesn't take seven years. That's right. Yeah, definitely. My idea was, look, if they can learn Latin in two years, let's say, let's say they've never touched a language before and they decided to uh, learn Latin in high school. If they can learn Latin in two years and learn it pretty well, well enough to read the New Testament, which Dorothy Sayers talks about. And I think it's in her essay, Recovering the Lost Tools of Learning. She says that we skip the medieval authors in Latin and go straight to the classical authors Caesar, Virgil, Cicero, and these guys are incredibly difficult to read. She says they were incredibly difficult for the Romans to read because these guys were trying to show off with their writings. And she says, we skip the easy medieval authors and the easy New Testament authors. So my idea was, why don't I send my students as quickly as possible, not to Cicero, because he's, C.S. Lewis called him the great boar, and I've taught his writings for years, and he is the great bore. But anyway, why go directly to that when you could go to the Gospel of Mark, for example, and read that in Latin? And then she said, some people will never make it to Cicero and Caesar and Virgil, and that's okay. Isn't half a loaf of bread better than no bread at all? Which is what my kids ended up with, no bread at all, because I kind of went the traditional Latin route before I discovered there was a faster way up the mountain. Uh, I can't remember if I'm asking, answering your question. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So let's say some kid decides in high school, I, I distract myself. Some kids decide in high school, they, they're going to take Latin. They've never studied another language in their life. Latin's their first exposure to a language. Well, my idea was let's get them through this in two years. So they're reading the New Testament in Latin. Then they can jump from there to Spanish or French or Italian or any of the modern romance languages. And you can learn those languages. I'm not kidding. After you've learned Latin, you can learn to read. You can be reading those languages in two or three months, probably less. And you can be speaking it in a year. It took me about a, a month to learn to read French. Now, speaking it is a wildly different story. I've got a long way to go, but I can read whatever I pick up French now. And that's because of Latin, which would be another benefit of learning Latin. I just am not sure that would be enough of a benefit to put an elementary kid through a seven or eight year program. Yeah, I have to agree with you. So we've kind of not just touched on Latin, but we've touched on learning languages in general. And so um, with that in mind, do you, I know you've mentioned a few things, um, if our homeschool listeners are wanting to make sure that their homeschool students learn a language and can speak it fluently, what do you suggest that they do as far as, is it just take a course or are there some certain things that you suggest to help facilitate learning a language? I know you've mentioned you studied French on your own. I've always looked at those, I get, what are they called? Polyglots? <laughs> know many languages and just have been kind of jealous. I would love to do that. I, 
I know Spanish, but I'm mostly, you know, words and vocabulary reading. I'm not a fluent speaker, um, but I would love to get to that point. So suggestions for students in homeschool or even us as parents who may have an interest, what are some practical pointers for learning languages that you can share with us? Sure. So I, I use it every day. I use Duolingo every single day. Um, my, one of the things I love about Duolingo, I have some problems with Duolingo. Uh, I, I believe they're straying. They seem to be straying more into political agendas uh, in, in some places, some of the stories and things. And you know what? It is what it is. It's the world we live in. So I, I have some views that I disagree with that seem to be popping up in Duolingo. But that's it. That's my only hesitation with it. And if you can get beyond that, it is a fabulous tool. It's free. One of the things I love about Duolingo, one of the things Duolingo is going to teach you is to be there every day. So they reward you every day yeah. that you show up. And you, you, some of your listeners have used it. You get, uh, you get a streak or whatever of, of days that you've studied the language. That's actually a more powerful tool than I think most people realize. Yeah, joining a class and going, I've taught some classes where, you know, because of the tutorial or because of the, 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 the access to the building or whatever, it's only ever met once a week. It's just ineffective. Mm-hmm. You need to be there every day. If you're going to study a language, you need to be there every day. I take Sundays off for religious reasons, but every six days of the week, I'm there. I'm studying the languages. So Duolingo will teach you that kind of naturally. And it's kid friendly. Mm-hmm. There's never going to be anything inappropriate. They may teach you how to order a beer in Spanish or something like that. That's about as inappropriate as it's ever going to get. And I wish they would do that because they, I think they need to understand there are kids, their, their platform, whatever it is, what it is. So Duolingo is powerful. Uh, so there's a series of podcasts if, for those of you who like to listen to podcasts uh, called the Coffee Break series or the Radio Linga Lingo Radio Lingua Network. I got that wrong. The Radio Linga Lingua Network. Why can't I say this? Lingua is a Latin word. It means language or tongue, and I can't get it out. So uh, that's you can either type in Radio Lingua or you can type in Coffee Break. Either way, you'll end up in the same place. It's a series of podcasts out of Scotland. They have Scottish accents, but Mark, the teacher, is a fabulous teacher. I've been listening to his podcast for decades. I don't know how long he's been. He started about the time podcasting came out. Uh, And he has podcasts for French, Spanish, Italian, German, and Chinese, I believe it is. They're really good. They're professionally developed. He's another polyglot. He's very impressive. So check out the the, um, Coffee Breaks. Uh, if you need a course, if you feel like you're not self-disciplined enough to do it on your own, yeah, signing up for a course is great. But depending on a course once a week, needs for an hour a day or 45 minutes a day once a week, you can't blame the language teacher later when you don't speak the language. You really have to have daily contact with the language, which is why I tell my students, because I teach every day on my side except for Sunday. Uh, well, no, not Saturdays anymore. I used to teach Saturdays too. But I teach, so every week on my side, I teach and I tell my students, you know, come to these classes, yes, and interact with me. Let's talk about language learning in the process. But you need to go over to Duolingo afterwards. You need to be listening to podcasts afterwards. 
I need to be reading books in the language. So go to the library, go to the kids section, see if there are any Spanish books, see if there are any French books, pick up Cat in the Hat and read it in French. It may not be easy to read or Little House on the Prairie. I just finished Little House on the Prairie in Spanish not too long ago. It was kind of nostalgic. I read it as a kid, but this time I was using it as a language learning. I didn't need to read the series again. I remembered most of it, but but it was fun to read it again and it enhanced what I knew about Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that would be another trick, you know, just go to the library, use their free materials uh, around here in Tennessee, they have an app called Libby. I don't know if that's nationwide and you can download free books from the library and listen to them. So I listen to a lot of French and Spanish uh, audiobooks from the library for free. That's another useful tool. I do offer classes on my site, but the classes on my site, I have to be very honest, are essentially, unless it's Latin, essentially it is me live learning in front of my students. So I'm taking students through some French books right now while I'm blowing it and making all kinds of pronunciation mistakes. And they're just watching me do it live. And then I record it and put it up on my site and leave it there. So coming to my site, I want them to understand I'm still learning. I'm just learning public. Right. But there's learning with them. Right. together. Wow. Those are really good tips. I appreciate that. Uh, so as we wrap this podcast up, do you have any other words of encouragement for homeschool parents who want to get started with teaching their students, whether they are in grade school or high school um, in languages in general, not just Latin? I feel like We've kind of discussed Latin and we've seen, as you said, your warnings and even some of the, um, uh, like you said, scandalous things about Latin. We've seen that it may not be the best idea to start young, but is that true for other languages? Because I, I think you've given me the impression that it's good to start other languages with young children in grade school or whatever age. Yeah, I had two students one time, two brothers. Uh, one of them was in my Latin class. This was before I discovered Lingua Latina by Hans Horberg. And one of them said, I don't want to study Latin. I want to study Spanish. Yeah. And so simultaneously, they're both studying these languages. And they both finished. And the student who studied Latin came back to me with his mom. And it was kind of embarrassing. They said, yeah, my brother, or he said my brother is fluent in Spanish now, and he actually has a Spanish girlfriend, and I don't know who to go talk to in Latin. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what else to say. You can talk to me, I guess. But it was it was sort of, it was, it was a sad thing, actually, to witness. Whereas had he started with his brother in Spanish, if they, like, for instance, his brother, who's now fluent in Spanish, if he wants to learn Latin, it's going to be it's never easy, but it's going to be easier to learn Latin because he's fluent in Spanish. He already knows so much of the And uh, yeah, so I would say just be careful with any program that let's say starts, if you see a program that starts in third grade and they're still learning Latin in 12th grade, I'd, I'd run from that. Go, 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 study, go study something that you can use all of your life, and then when you're ready, you know, learn Latin. The, the reward at the end of Latin, and I've been to the top of the mountain, it's kind of lonely. 
and you get to read you get to read a bunch of books by a bunch of Romans who wrote in a, an extremely tedious and a boring fashion. I like their stuff. I, I got a degree in history, uh, and I've studied. I was going to be an archaeologist. That's what I wanted to do, and I got distracted. I like their stuff. I've read Caesar's Gallic Wars more than I care to count, and it. Ancient France and what he's doing there, other than the genocide, which nobody talks about, is pretty fascinating. The exploration, the the cultures that he's interacting with, that's all fascinating to me. And I enjoy reading that. But, you know, I'm not sure it's worth the time dedication to get there. When if you put the same amount of time into a modern language, you're going to get you're going to be able to fly to France if you want to and talk to people. Right. So again, I would just be really, <laughs> right. I would just be very careful about long Latin programs. I'm not against Latin. People think they read my blog and they think I'm against college and I'm against Latin. I am not. I'm against going into debt for college mm-hmm. and, I am, and I am against spreading Latin out over too many years. Use Visual Latin, or if you don't want to use Visual Latin, even better, use Lingua Latina by Hans Horberg. You could read that book in a year if you had the, if you dedicated the time to it. And by the time you get done with that book, same result. You're going to be reading the New Testament and Roman authors in Latin after a year. It's just a much faster way up the mountain. Uh, one word of encouragement I would give to homeschool parents, there's kind of this there, there can be, I've seen it. There's sort of this elite um, air of superiority because you've learned Latin or you've learned Greek. Ignore that. Don't, don't, don't let those people get to you. You're, if you miss it, look, use your own life experience. How many happy people have you met in your life? Successful and fulfilled people have you met in your life who aren't fluent in Latin? Lots, lots of them. Uh, so I wouldn't beat myself up too badly if I missed that opportunity. And the language is thousands of years old. It's not going anywhere. You can learn it later. Right. It's still going to be there. Yep. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you for all. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. I'm sorry. I want to encourage our listeners to um, join us again for our next podcast. And we thank you for tuning in and we hope that you learned something today, as did I. I appreciate all the wisdom that Dwayne had shared with us. And you can find a lot of what he talked about and links to his site. Um, I'll also make sure that we write out and uh, notate the different um, practical tips and pointers that he shared with us today in the show notes. So thank you again for listening and here's to homeschooling with you. Thank you.